Chapter 13. Phil the potato meets his doom. Failed. We were swept up in a tidal wave of hungry warriors. Einer, Great chapter. <laughs> Einherhar. I forgot how to pronounce that word. Einherhar. 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 Oh, um. Inyar. Wait, we have this recording. Just go back. Well, I think there's an easier way. Yeah, but it's going to take up more time. Okay. Well, we experienced this last episode. Welcome to Looking Up How to Pronounce a Word on Google. With your host, Timothy Spradling. That's not me, that's him. I'm Bayani, remember? Jeez, get your characters of a podcast straight. You're in quite the mood tonight. Yes, yes I am. <laughs> what? <laughs> In Hiriar, Norwegian. In Hiriar, Norwegian. In Hiriar, Norwegian. In Hiriar. In Hiriar, Norwegian. Um, let's find something else. Yeah, let's, because that does not clear anything up. Einherjar. Einjar. Einjar. Einherjar. Einherjar. I don't want it to be Einherjar. Einherjar. I don't think that's right. Einherjar. I don't think that's right. Einherjar. Well, it's Einherjar. Huh. I know. Okay. Maybe it just sounds different in Runo's accent. Alright, hold on. Hold on. We were swept. We can just not. Hello, and welcome to season two of Dad Reads, a podcast where a dad, that's me, reads to his son, that's me. While he constantly... In seventh grade now. Interrupts. Yep. Ready? Yeah. Are we recording? <laughs> yes, baby. We're recording. I, have to, I have to ask every time. Is that... That's the only thing that's important? No. No. Obviously, us spending time together is important. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? Uh, one sec. Uh, did you upload the blooper reel? Yeah. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna be entertaining. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Is it? Uh oh. Uh, shout out to dogs because humans suck. So shout out to dogs. Humans suck. Yep. Not all humans. Humans as a species, not humans as individuals. You gotta stop reading Ross Chast. That was not Ross Chast, and you're thinking of Ali Brosh. Yeah, you gotta stop reading Ali Brosh. 
And that was not Alec Ross anyway. That was my own imagination. No, it wasn't. People say that all the time. Okay, maybe I saw it in a political sign last election. Vote for dogs because humans suck. But yeah, shout out to dogs and Ali Brosh, who I will not stop reading. I bought her books with my own money, and taking them away from me would be thievery. Thievery. <laughs> it's not thievery. It's, it's, you're a child, and if you buy something with your own money that you're not supposed to have, or if your mom and I decide you're not supposed to have it even after you've bought it, then you don't get it. It doesn't matter if you spend your own money on it. Thief. Chapter 12. At least I'm not on goat chasing duty. In the what? hallway, my neighbors were starting to emerge. Thomas Jefferson Jr. looked about my age. He had short curly hair, a lanky frame, and a rifle slung over one shoulder. His blue wool coat had brass buttons and chevrons on the sleeve. A U.S. Army Civil War uniform, I guessed. He not... <sighs> Sorry. He it's nodded okay. and smiled. How are you doing? Uh, dead, apparently, I said. He laughed. Yeah, you'll get used to it. Call me TJ. Magnus, I said. Hold on. Really, Rick? You're trying to make this historical fiction as well. What? Really, Rick? You're trying to make this historical fiction as well. By introducing Thomas Jefferson Jr. as a character? I don't think there was a Thomas Jefferson Jr. There was. No need to look it up right now. Oh, I'm thinking Abraham Lincoln. Why am I thinking? Oh, because I just read a book about Abraham Lincoln. That's what I was thinking. Sorry. It's fine. Just don't do it again. The shadow on the ceiling looks like a gorilla. Okay. Doesn't it? Uh, Looks like the head of a gorilla. I can see it. Yay. I'm not insane. Well, not this. <laughs> I'm insane otherwise. Alright. Yeah. You'll get used to it. Call me TJ. Magnus, I said. Come on. Sam pulled me along. We passed a girl who must have All been right, Mallory Keene. What? Alright, Sam. All right, Sam. Oh, right, comma. Oh, comma, right, comma, Sam. We passed a girl who Wait. must have been Mallory oh, Keene. right. She oh, had frizzy red hair, green eyes, and a serrated knife, which she was shaking in the face of a seven of a six foot seven guy outside the door marked X. Again with the pig's head, Mallory Keene spoke in a faint Irish brogue. X. Do you think I want to see a severed pig's head every time I step out of my front door? I cannot eat anymore, X rumbled. The pig head does not fit in my refrigerator. Personally, I would not have antagonized the guy. He was built like a bomb containment chamber. If you happen to have a live grenade, I was pretty sure you could safely dispose of it simply by asking X to swallow it. 
His skin was the color of a shark's belly, rippling with muscles. That is very, 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 very white. <laughs> rippling, That's Ronald McDonald white. Rippling with muscles and stippled with warts. There were so many welts on his face, it was hard to tell which one was his nose. We walked past That's, X and Mallory, too busy arguing to pay us any bottom. attention. It's one of two holes at the bottom. When we were out of earshot, I asked Sam... What's the deal with the big gray dude? Sam put her finger to her lips. X is a half-troll. He's a little sensitive about that. A half-troll. That's an actual thing? Of course, she said. And he deserves to be here as much as you. Hey, no doubt. I'm just asking. The defensiveness in her the voice made me wonder what the story was. Deserve to be there? As we passed the door for half-born Gunderson... An axe blade split the wood from the inside. Muffled laughter came from the room. Sam ushered me into the elevator. She pushed away several other Einhar who were just trying to get in. Next guy, next car, guys. The spear cage door slid shut. Sam inserted one of her keys into an override slot in the panel. She pressed a red rune and the elevator descended. I'll take you into the dining hall before the main doors open. That way you can get the lay of the land. Uh, sure. Thanks. Nordic easy listening music started playing from the ceiling. Congratulations, Magnus, I thought. Welcome to Warrior Paradise, where you can listen to Frank Sinatra in Norwegian forever. <laughs> I tried to think of something to say. Preferably something that would not make sense. So, everybody on floor 19 looks about my age, I noted. Or, or our age. Does Valhalla only take teenagers? <laughs> Samira shook her head. The Einhar are grouped by the age in which they died. You're the youngest. You're in the youngest tier, most of, most of which goes up to about nineteen. Most of the time, you won't even see the other two tiers, adults and seniors. It's better that way. The adults, well, they don't take teens seriously, even if teens have been here hundreds of years longer. Typical. I said. Yep. As for the senior warriors, they don't always mix well. Imagine a really violent retirement home. Sounds like some shelters I've been in. Yeah. Shelters. Forget it. So you're a Valkyrie. He's you homeless. Choose I'm all the sure people in the hotel. This. Yes, she said. I personally chose everyone in the hotel. Ha ha. You know what I mean. Your sisterhood or whatever. That's right. Valkyries are responsible for choosing the Einhar. Each warrior here died a valiant death. Each had a belief in honor or some connection to the Norse gods that made him or her eligible for Valhalla. I thought about what Uncle Randolph had told me, how the sword had been a birthright from my father. A connection? Like being the child of a god? I was afraid Sam might laugh at me, but she nodded gravely. Many Einhar are, many Einhar are demigods. Many are regular mortals. You're chosen for Valhalla because of your courage and honor, not your heritage. At least, that's how it's supposed to be. I couldn't decide if her tone was wistful or resentful. It and could you? be both. I asked. Could be both. How did you become a Valkyrie? Did you die a noble death? She laughed. Not yet. I'm still among the. I'm still among the living. How does that work exactly? Well, 
I live a double life. Tonight, I'll escort you to dinner. Then I have to rush home and finish my calculus homework. You're not joking, are you? I never joke about calculus homework. Yep, that's about right. <laughs> you have opinions on calculus homework? Yep. Okay, hit me. It is a terrible, grave thing that should never be joked about or talked about or acknowledged in any way. Why? Because it is terrible. No, I've never had calculus homework. This is just a wild guess. Please continue. You have my full permission. The elevator door is open. To interrupt you. We stepped into a room the size right of a room. concert arena. My that's mouth this dropped. podcast. Holy. Welcome, Samara said, to the faced hall of the slain. Tiers of long tables like stadium seating curved downward from the nosebleed section. In the center of the from room, the instead of a basketball section? court, a tree rose. Wait, Dad, did I hear that right? From the yeah, nose? the nosebleed section, it's, it's, it's a sports term. And when someone is at the highest or the upper levels... Uh, the joke is they're so high that they get a nosebleed because they're so far away from the court or the field. Huh? Which part didn't you understand? The sports part. <laughs> okay. We're not going to have this conversation again. So, sports, most sports are played in stadiums, right? Yes. And one of the reasons that they how they can get so many people in a stadium is that the stadium they the seats go up, right? Correct. You're you're aware of how that works, right? Yeah, I've seen the Super Bowl while watching commercials. Okay, so the best seats are down close to the field. The worse the seats are, the higher they are the farther they are away from the field. So it's harder to actually see what's going on. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you're in those, and normally those seats are cheaper than the ones that are closer. Okay. So when people are sitting in those seats that are high up, the, the, they call those the nosebleed seats. Because of altitude. Because of altitude. Because you're so high up, you get a nosebleed. Thanks for the, the thanks for the explanation. Lesson. If you guys can't tell, I have I hate sports. <laughs> I say to literally no one who is listening to this because no one listens to this podcast. Literally no one. But whatever. I'll still continue to act like they do. Can I read? No, they don't. Yes, you may continue. But I will remain interrupting you. Because that's what this podcast is. Are you finished? Quite. Until next time. Yes, I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. For now. (laughs) In the center of the room, instead of a basketball court, a tree rose taller than the Statue of Liberty. Its lowest branches were maybe a hundred feet up. 
its canopy spread over the entire hall, scraping against the domed ceiling and sprouting through a massive opening at the top. Above, stars glittered in the night sky. My first question probably wasn't the most important. Why is there a goat in the tree? <laughs> in fact, a lot of animals skittered among the branches. I couldn't tell what most of them were, but wobbling along the lowest branch was a very fat, shaggy goat. Its swollen udders rained milk like leaky shower heads. Below, on the dining room you. floor, a team of four stocky oh, warriors carried a big golden bucket on poles set across Keep their shoulders. Keep that goat milk out of my mac and cheese. They shuffled back and forth, trying to stay under the goat so they could catch the streams of milk. Judging by how soaked the warriors were, they missed a lot. The goat, the goat is Hydran, Sam told me. Her milk is brewed to make the meat of Valhalla. It's good stuff, you'll see. And the guys chasing her around? Yeah, that's a thankless job. Behave yourself or you might get a signs of at duty. Uh, couldn't they just, I don't, I don't know, bring the goat down here? She's a free-range goat. Her maid tastes better that way. Of course it does, I said. And uh, all the other animals? I, I see squirrels and possums and sugar gliders and sloths, Sam offered. Those are cute. Okay. Yeah, sugar riders and slops are both very cute. But you guys eat dinner here? Cool. That can't be hygienic with all the animal droppings. The animals in the tree of Laerder are well behaved. The tree of Laerder? You named your tree? <laughs> Most important things have names, she said. Who are you again? Very funny. Some of the animals... It's really not that freedom joke. Rick, you can do better. Rick. I know you can do better. Rick. What? Oh, I'm just waiting for you to be done. I'm lost. <laughs> Please continue before I confuse myself further. Some of the animals are immortal and have particular jobs. I can't spot him right now, but somewhere up there is a stag named Eichthrimer. Eichthrimer. We call him Ike for short. You see that waterfall? It was hard to miss. From somewhere high in the tree, water ran down grooves in the bark and formed one powerful torrent that cascaded off a branch in a roaring white curtain. It crashed into a pond the size of an Olympic pool between two of the tree's roots. The stag's horns spray water non-stop, Sam said. It flows down the branches into that lake. From there, it goes underground and feeds every river in every world. So, all water is staghorn runoff? I'm pretty sure that's not what they taught me in earth science. It's not all from Ike's horns. There's also snowmelt, rainwater, pollutants, and trace amounts of fluoride and juton spit. Jotun? You know, giants. She didn't appear to be kidding, though it was hard to be sure. Her face was full of tense humor, her eyes darting and alert, her lips pressed together as if she were either suppressing a laugh or expecting an attack. I could imagine her doing stand-up comedy, though maybe not with the axe at her side. Her features also seemed strangely familiar. The line of her nose, the curve of her jaw, the subtle streaks of red and copper in her dark hair. Have we met before? I asked. 
I mean, before you chose my soul for Valhalla? I doubt it, she said. But you're mortal. You live in Boston? Dorchester. I'm a sophomore at King's Academy. I live with my grandparents and spend most of my time finding excuses to cover in, cover for my Valkyrie activities. Tonight, Jid and Baby think I'm tutoring a group of elementary students in maths. Any other questions? Her eyes sent the opposite message. Enough with the personal stuff. I wondered why she lived with their grandparents. Then I remembered what she said earlier about understanding what it was like to grieve for a mother. No more questions, I decided. My head would explode. That would be messy, Sam said. Let's get your seat before... Around the perimeter of the room, a hundred doors burst open. The armies of Valhalla swarmed in. Dinner is served, Sam said.